0: Hot today. We're going to get moving right right on Father's Day. I want to get you guys It's short. I know it's small today. It's a little tiny today, We're, but I think people are out and about and the heat is starting to catch people, man. People are going to the river today. That's what I think it is. But listen, we love you. There's so much going on and so I was trying to figure out this week what I wanted to do for Father's Day, and I just I thought, you know, One of those pays-to-wins dudes. Like, I'm not, I'm just a pays-to-win guy. Like, if you, you you gotta, you gotta compete to win the prize. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta compete to win the prize. And so, what I did for fathers, you know, we put so much emphasis on moms, and, and as well should be. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about fathers, um, A little bit today, but we put such an emphasis on moms, we should put them on, but we never really talk about dads, and so I'm not going to sugarcoat dads, I'm just going to talk a little bit about dads. Part of our job as dads is to go out and do stuff with our family, with our wives and that, so I want to throw, if you can see this is awesome, we bless those, let me read that real quick as a prayer. Uh, Dads, we bless you with strength and wisdom to guide your families in this season. You are pivotal to our generation. Thank you for all your love and for having our backs, right? That is really, truly, and for everyone at home. Can I go to that next slide? Do you have those pictures up, Erickson? All right, so the dads that are here are going to receive. We've ordered them. They're coming in. We wanted to get a count of who showed up, those who actually took the time and said, I'm going to put Jesus first. So I need to make sure you get the names to Erickson, everyone that's here, dads who are here. You gotta have a kid. Can't be married, you gotta have a kid. You gotta have a kid, dude. All the dudes right now are like, what? But if you're a dad here, you're gonna be receiving. Go ahead and flip the next one. You're gonna be getting that and a set of that. Now, here's why. It's because it's your job to, and it's a little mobile, it's a little short one. It's your job to take your family places. It's your job to take them to the river and to do a barbecue with them. It's your job to set that up in the backyard and do that. It's your job. It's your job. Your reward is them. Your reward is them. I'm going to rant a minute. And if you're at home, you guys need to hear this. Dads need to hear this crap. I was telling Woody this. Woody got blasted with it the other day because it pisses me off, man. I'm reading through, like, Facebook posts and different stuff of dudes on Facebook, social media, crying that, Oh, what is the government going to do for dads? Oh, they do this for women. They do this and this and this. And that just pisses me off as a man. And I'll tell you why. Because every day is Father's Day for me. Ladies, if you just want one day to be a mom, that's fine. But every day is Father's Day for me. Every day that I get up is a reward from God to look at my family and to look at my kids and my grandkids. It's an honor for me to go through the trials and the struggles to provide for them. I'm honored to get up every day and have their backs and fight for them. If you talk trash, I will be the first face that you see. It's an honor for a man to be that father. So every day, men have to change their concept and their mindset and realize that this, I don't need a day. I don't want your day. I don't want man November, no shave November. That's a bunch of crap that's trying to feminize men. And the men that push it, I don't listen to. Lions don't care about the opinions of sheep. Every day is Father's Day. Every day is man's day. Every day is a day for me to be a man, to call and do the best that I can, to live out the destiny that God has placed before me, to fulfill what he's put before me. Every day. So keep your days. We appreciate it. I'm glad that my kids, know, I mean, happy Father's Day. I appreciate it. But even ladies, we need to get our mindset right. Every day is Mother's Day. Every day is Father's Day. Every day. As for me and my house, we shall, will serve. The Lord. Not just one day. So I want to do something special for you guys today. And uh, the other guys are gonna be pissed, but it's just for the five that are here. They got five dads here right now. It's just for you five. That's it. Pays to win, baby. If you're not in the race, some guys are gonna be like, What is AMA? whats about? what has got the river's doing with my kids? Like, well, Jesus first, baby. Jesus first. Suck us. I love it. But seriously, dudes, if you're at home, too, listen, starting to man up, you know. No shave November for men. Like, come on. Want to grow a beard, grow a beard. If you can't, you know what it is? I'm going to tell you just a joke before we get right into word. No shave November is for dudes that can't can't grow beards, and they're afraid to try, but it allows them for a little bit of time to have their little blotchy stuff. And they're justified to have it when they stand next to the dude that's got a full beard, like a woody beard. They're like, yeah, but you know what? Us men unite. It's like, oh, geez. Just grow the beard if you want the beard, right? Or you can rock the stash, like Mr. Pete over there. He's rocking the big stash, the 1970s cop stash. Lord, we love you. Open our hearts to your word. We need it desperately. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, I just want to hit on this again. Last week, the enemy does a great job of trying to rob you and I of joy, and he tries to rob us of celebrating. He tries to rob us of taking our families out to doing things, because we've been told that if we go out and have a party, then that could lead to immorality or lead to something dumb, and it's not, you can't have, and and I'm not saying you have to do this, but You know, if you want to have a glass of wine at dinner, oh, dear God, you're a sinner. God hates your guts. It's not true. It's not true. And so we stifle our parties. I look at parties that the world has, and I look at parties that my brothers and sisters have, and my brothers and sisters' parties, there's some laughter, but sometimes I feel like sometimes it's manufactured. And I look at these other people, they're just laughing about life because it's just life. You guys tracking? And I look over here and we've sugarcoated because we're acting the way we think God wants us to act by the way the world has told us to act. We're not acting the way God has as a new person in me has changed me to act. So I can laugh at things, but I'm quick to say, well, that's crude. We're not going to do that. This this week I had a bunch of stuff with military and uh, talking to a guy and he's good. I love him. But there was a woman present, and I was praying for her uh, son, and we were just going through some stuff, and he came in, and it was like this joyous celebration, and everyone starts to laugh because you haven't seen each other for a little bit. (coughs) And then he drops the F-bomb. No, that doesn't bother me. That bothers some dudes. Some dudes, it bothers people. I'm like, well, whatever. It's just a word. But he drops it. But what I did, though, there was a woman there. And that's the appropriate time for a man to be a man. Had it just been a bunch of men there, I would have just let it slight, you know. But there was a woman there. I go, hey, there's a woman here. And he said, oh, man, I'm sorry. And I said, yeah, all right, good, let's roll. And we continued the conversation. <clears throat> you see, going with that, if you are having a time of celebration, as a follower of Jesus, you can stop whatever. Someone wants to come into your house and bring perversion to your house if you're celebrating. You're the one that can say, no, no, not at our house. We serve the Lord here. You start to see something go a little bit further. For me, it doesn't bother me for someone to have a cigar. It doesn't bother me to have a glass of wine or a beer. That stuff doesn't bother me. Getting lit drunk and going all perverse and foul language left and right. Do you see what I'm saying? That's an issue for me. And I'll say, ah, we're done. We're done. Easy time to go home. You understand what I'm saying? But we're going to celebrate life and have a good time. But we're going to make sure that Jesus is front and center in all of it. It's important. It's very important that we live our lives that way. Remember that immorality, that word, I want to move quickly now, but immorality is total debauchery. When the Bible talks about immorality, he's talking about total debauchery. Debauchery is the person with characteristics that has an insolent defiance of public opinion sinning in broad daylight with arrogance and contempt we're seeing that today with the lgbtq community the transgender movement they don't even care anymore they're not afraid of god at all they think and i hear i hear these groups say well you know what god loves the hates the sin loves the sinner you better reread some of the scripture in there yes I sin still, but I'm covered by the blood of Christ and it's quick by the Holy Ghost for me to move to him in repentance, not for salvation, but for the forgiveness of those sins because we, we are total battling this. But you better read scripture about, about God says he hates those who commit these sins. People have made a commitment and dedicated their lives to be anti-God. You better read close. Here's a big one that I've joked about for a while. You can look it up. I've joked with people and said, hey, Jesus hates cowards. Oh, that's unbiblical, is it? Read the Bible. The very first in Revelation chapter 21 on who does not get into heaven is cowards. You go, what, wait, 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 what's this talking about? It's about those of us with our faith. If you cowardly run away from your faith in Christ and do not proclaim that publicly, Those are what's happening in our world today is immorality is running rampant because believers are acting like cowards. We're not making a statement in public for what we believe and who we believe in. We don't stand up and go, no. Like, I love the fact. I don't think it's all Christians. I think it just people are tired of it. But I love the voice, though, that the, the church has had over the Disney debacle over the Bud Light debacle and the Target debacle. Where they tried to force feed this and they said that you know globally, these and I'm gonna tell you something about these companies are all about money, but in a two week period of time, it was like fifteen billion dollars that Target lost when they tried to push the transgender movement, tried to force it on your kids. And the majority of their stuff was for kids. Want to Jews' parents to see the cool stuff. They're trying to force us. It's anti-God. Look at the LGBTQ, and listen, I love them. I love them. would give my life for them. I do not agree with their lifestyle whatsoever, nor will I ever condone it because it's anti-God, but they were, are still created in God, and they have free will like you have and I have free will to make decisions and live how they want to live. I don't have to condone the way they live, but I do love them, and I'll die for them if I have to. But I want you to see how demonic it is. Look at their flag, the rainbow flag. They didn't hijack the rainbow. The rainbow of the Bible has seven colors. The LGBTQ has six. It's the number of man. The color of the rainbow is the color of completion. They try to hijack it and make it be this They can't. But that's open defiance. That's what we call immorality. I can do whatever I want to do. It's time, and that's what I'm going back to that. I love the fact that people are speaking with their pocketbooks in some of these companies. Bud Light has lost record. They're over. They used to be the number one selling beer in America. They're dropping so fast it's not funny. They can't give away their beer because the pocketbooks have spoken. They're like, no, no, we're not gonna let somebody parade around like a woman that's not a woman that acts like a schoolgirl. It's not, we're done with it. And they did the same thing with Target and Disney. Now I know that I'm counter to some people in the church who are like, hey, there's Christians at work in these organizations. I do. I, I agree, there are Christians in there. But I'm telling you, then stand up and start making a voice. Because I can make the same same argument. There's Christians in there, but what difference are they making? Are they a light in a dark place? Are they standing up to the bosses and going, that is not okay? Because God put you there for a reason, to stand up and say it's not okay. We're going to talk about that today. Men, we lead the charge. All the men that are watching, we lead the charge. The problem with America and the world has nothing to do with the ladies. Has everything to do with men. We are the fathers of our homes. There's a reason why they call him the fathers of a nation. There's a reason why he is called our heavenly father, because we lead from the front, not from the rear. We take the hits, and we raise up the next generation to do the same. It just is, sometimes I look at this, I love the grace and the love of Jesus, and you know that with me, man, I'll just, come on, let's just have a good time. But there's a time when we have to stand up and see the truth. Don't mistake you having a good time with immorality. Understand clearly what immorality is. It's that open defiance against God. I don't care what God says, I'm going to get drunk today. Scary place to be. I don't care what God says, God is bringing me this mistress. Nope. That's open defiance. It's open but you having a good time with some family and friends, you need it, you need it, okay? So I wanna jump down now to verse 10. It says, God in chapter four, it says, God has, by the way, just so that you guys know, uh, Mercedes, our oldest daughter, Lisa is in the States right now. She is in labor right as we speak with our grandchild. So I'm kinda of like, Watching the phone a little bit because she is going for it right now. So, I apologize if, uh, yeah, this is good. So, chapter 4, 1 Peter, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I want to talk about that. Each one of us in this room, you have a gift. And some of you have multiple gifts. So, my question to you is, are you using it? He... Now, there's a reason why I say that, because it's not me saying, hey, you should be using it. It's him saying you should be using it. Watch what he says, what Peter says. He says, use them well to serve one another. That word, use them well, is actually comes from the Hebrew, which means to steward. If you're stewarding something, it means that you're actively using it. So if I'm on the gun range with soldiers, I'll tell them, shoot well right handle your weapon well why they are using it so use it well a farmer should use his equipment well he's stewarding it there's active there's action behind it so you and i have spiritual gifts and we should use them if you don't have your you probably know what your gift is you've always you probably thought it's just a talent that you have but it's not a talent it's a gift but it's not supercharged it's like what Paul said to Timothy, stir up that gift that's within you. you got to start using it. you got to start using it. But here's a few. He says, use them to serve one another, not yourself. Get it? Not yourself. Our gifts are for others. I had this missionary one time do this, this thing, and it was pretty amazing. He was talking about spiritual gifts. And one thing he said is he had us all act like we were trees. And so we all had to stand like we were a tree, you know, branches. And then he said, now bear fruit. It's like, good Lord, I don't want the type of fruit that some people are going to bear in here. But he talked about bearing fruit. You can't bear fruit on your own. It has to come from within you. It has to come from God, right? So then he said, he made this statement. So these gifts, these fruits of the spirits, the gifts of the spirits, Then he made this statement, he goes, have you you ever seen a fruit tree eat its own fruit? Have you ever seen a fruit tree eat its own fruit? Have you ever seen a tree actually devour its own fruit? No, you never have, nor will you ever. It bears fruit for someone else to pick to be nourished. Now, what happens is, When the fruit hits the ground, if it wasn't picked, what does it do to the soil? Nourishes the soil to produce more fruit. That's a fact. You and I are given gifts to nourish other people. I need your gifts. You need mine. I need to pick from your fruit. You need to pick from my fruit. We need each other. So watch how he says this. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. If God has given you the gift of speaking, public speaking, or being able to lead or speak your mind, use it well for others. Stand in the gap for other people. Steward it well as if God is speaking through you. If you have the gift of helping others, do it with all strength and energy that God supplies. Man, I see that witnessed with certain people, and I see others who don't. Just do it. If God gives you the ability to get the gift of helping, help, do with joy, do with all energy that he provides. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. What's it all about? It's always all about Jesus. We use the fruits, the gifts that God's given us to do what? To glorify Jesus. How do we glorify Jesus? Jesus said this. I'm going around this circle, but you got to love the beauty and the poetry and the exactness of Scripture. Jesus said in Mark, I came to what? Serve and not to be served. If Jesus in his own words said, I what? I do, I think what the Father thinks, I say what the Father says, and I do what the Father does. If he is our heavenly Father, then aren't we supposed to at least try to think the way he thinks, say what he says, and do what he does. Here's the kicker with that, though. You don't have to fake the gifts. If he's called you to do what he does, he's going to give you a specific skill set to do it, the fruit, to bring glory to Jesus. Now, here's what we don't like to hear. Dear friends, don't be surprised as the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. I've found myself multiple times going, what? This crap? Man, I didn't see this coming. Typically, what you don't see coming comes from someone that you love. Right or wrong? Typically, you know, you get blindsided by something. It's typically by someone you know, typically. Every now and then you get hit like the whole COVID thing blindsided all of us, right? The scam of COVID that we now know. By a little side note, I don't know if you guys saw this. I just want to reinforce you and your thinking about this stuff is, remember the one of the biggest proponents of getting the vaccine was who? Bill Gates. Get the vaccine. He, he talked all blah, 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 him and Fauci, blah, blah. Did you see what Bill Gates did a couple weeks ago? Sold all of his stock, turned his money over and all the vaccine, and is now on a speaking tour, letting everyone know the vaccines never worked, they're bad for you, and they did nothing to stop COVID. It was all about the money. Once he made his billions, he sold, He just did that. Just so that you know, this is who, this is that thing that we're battling against I've been talking about for the last few weeks. Who do you trust? Do you trust government? Or do you trust Jesus? Who did they try to shut down? The church. We are going to get blindsided by stuff. its I know it sucks, but don't be surprised by it. You kind of got to have the attitude of, <clears throat> as crappy as it is, you almost got to have the attitude of, yep, I knew this was coming. I just didn't know when. Right? Right? I knew it was coming, I just didn't know. God doesn't hate you when trials come. Here's what Peter says. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the whole world. Now, this suffering he's talking about, some of it's going to be brought on, but and we'll talk about that in in a moment, but... Some of this is brought on, but a lot of this is because of your faith. Because you do stand up. When the person at Disney stands up and goes, I will not. As a curator or employee here, I will not do this for children. It's sin, and it goes against my belief. And that and this is a hard thing to say. And Disney says, well, then you're fired, and they lose a $200,000 job a year. That would be hard, hard to swallow, right? But they are suffering for Christ. Christ says, they will see your suffering with great joy. You will be with me. Because they did it with Jesus. I was listening to somebody this morning. I, can't, I just got up early and was going through a lot going on in my mind. and Somebody made a statement like this. Have you ever noticed that cowards... Love to see the heroes fail. Think about that. Cowards love to see heroes fail. I don't know about you, but when I watch something and I see he, my, my family will tell you, I don't watch those black, the dark side of the comic stuff where heroes go bad or, you know what I mean, or they kill off a hero. I don't watch that crap. no, it's something deep within me when I see a good person fail, something deep within me is pain. I don't want to see it. I want to see the victory of good over evil. I never want to see evil triumph in any situation. And this is why men were so needed. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you think about that when you are insulted when you are it is being brought against you for your faith there is a special measure of the holy spirit on you that is actually receiving the blow if he wasn't there i believe this personally this is my own take so listen to me this is my own opinion of this i believe that the holy spirit when he talks about this that watch out he says um salted for being Christian, then for then the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. He is actually taking the spiritual assault that you can't handle. That if it wasn't Him, you would collapse in death. That's how powerful the insult is from the enemy when you stand up in the midst of hundreds. This week I shared a story of this St. Maurice. Some of you that maybe have come out of the Catholic faith or maybe some of you heard of St. Maurice is a, a 1500s, 1200, I forget, 1200s. Um, there's an award in the U.S. military given to leaders for it. Well, St. Maurice is a Egyptian, and he was an Egyptian from... I believe the area of Goshen, okay? Where Moses, remember where the Israelites were all at? Okay, so he became, he was a Christian and his entire army was Christian. Check this out. This is standing up. This is persecution. This is being assaulted for your faith. So he was inscripted by the Roman army to help conquer and do the world. That's what soldiers do. But it came to a point that the Roman army told him that he needed to attack and kill everyone in a Christian city. And he looked at the Roman Maximus, whoever it was, and he said to that person, I'm inscripted to fight for you, but I serve the kingdom of heaven. I only live here, but I'm a citizen there. I will not do that. They are my brothers and sisters. Our faith is in our God. They said, then you'll worship our gods. He says, I and my men will only worship one God, and his name is Yahweh. That's who we serve, and that's who we worship. So they killed one of, out of every 10 of his men, they killed one of them. Then they came back to him. They said, worship our gods, go attack this Christian city and kill it. He said, I will not. I serve God and God alone, and I will not, I will not kill the citizens of heaven. They, they did it again. They killed 10 more, and then they killed him. Or they killed one out of every 10, and then they killed him. He stood up for his faith in Jesus Christ. Man, I just hope that, like, for me, I can't say it for you, but that I'd have the resolve, the fortitude, the courage to be that guy. So he says this, if you suffer, however, Listen Now listen, here's the rules. There's rules to suffering. If you suffer, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. You gossip and slanderers, cause of division. No murderers. If you suffer, here's what I write all the time, <clears throat> and I tell people this all the time. It's that the stupid button goes floating by. It's contemplated stupidity. When I contemplate sin, it's stupidity. That's what it is. Make no mistake. There's no political correctness. If you know what you're about to do is a sin and you do it anyways, you're stupid. Because you are going to bring a, a load of pain on you that a lot of times your family has to bear. That's stupid. Because you're willfully letting your family suffer. So murder and that, prying into other people's, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Prepare yourselves for it. Prepare yourself. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners like we god's gonna listen i'm all about grace i love it i love being friendly and going out and doing stuff but there's also the dynamic of lisa has spoken on it you've heard me say there's there's a dynamic of fear of the lord that the church has to hold on to if you're not afraid of god if you're not afraid of what your sin does with you and God, you don't have that fear. Ah, he'll be good with it. That's not fear. That's you with a God that you want, not a God who's on the throne. I was driving this week at just tons of meetings, and I thought, I cannot wait for the day that I live in a kingdom of pure, true theocracy, Not monarchy, not republics with democracy, but true theocracy. I'm going to tell you, I thought I would never say this, but I, I I would much rather serve under a king today of integrity that is righteous than I do the current political systems we have, because in our current political systems we have globally, We write laws with loopholes. We write laws to make sure the criminals can continue to do what they do. But a righteous king like Solomon would bring forth a mother, two mothers fighting over a baby and say, okay, then cut the baby in half. And the true mother goes, no, 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 no. The mother that's not the mother would say, yes, that sounds good to me. And then Solomon, with his wisdom and his rule, says, that woman is the liar and she's a thief. Deal with her. This is the true mother. Bless her. And I was driving. I was thinking, man, Lord, I cannot wait for that day. And (coughs) I've never thought that way ever until really this last week. Just looking at loopholes and what men do. We'll write this law, but we'll put a hole in it. So if you have power and influence, you can come through it. Look at, look at our own country here, Belize. We can bash on other countries. Look at Belize. We're passing laws that affect you and I, but not the politicians. Like, you and I can't do something, but the politicians can. And it's, it's, a, it's, I can go to prison for it, lose my property, lose my wealth. They can do the same thing, and it doesn't affect them. What's the problem here? There's a problem here. It's a loophole within the law, but when they showcase it to the citizens, look what we are doing for you. You're not my king. You see what I'm saying? The Bible's specifically clear here. There will be a judgment. And I pray to God that all of us keep our eyes on Jesus in it. Because if anything, even Franz and I were talking earlier and listening to stuff, this heat wave, it's not climate change. They want you to believe it's climate change. It is actually something greater. It is the birth pains that the Bible warns us to see, the weather conditions changing, the global uncertainty with currency, the fears of pestilences and diseases. And they want us to focus on climate change and take our eyes off the biblical reality that we are truly living in the last days and the earth is showing us the way as jesus said the farmers know when to plant by what the skies look like and the sailors know when to sail by the skies themselves too because they see the signs church we cannot be blinded by this and men we are leading the charge we need to lead the charge He says this, so if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. When you cannot see the hand of God moving, trust the heart of God in your life. Trust the heart of God for you. Now in, in chapter five, I'm gonna go fast. We're gonna hit it. This is to men. It really is. We all can learn this is men. And now a word for you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Care for them. Care for them. Watch over it willingly. This is crazy because the verbiage is, listen to this, Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Then he says, watch over it willingly. Care for, but it. What? Care for it willingly, not grudgingly. Speaking to the leaders in the church, but I believe he's speaking to the leaders in our homes. Where two or more are gathered in his name, you are having church and fathers. We are not only supposed to gather here to be encouraged, but you need to be gathering your kids in your home with your wife and having church in the celebration of Jesus. Care for them, and not grudgingly, but willingly. I'm busy. I don't have time. Speaking to myself. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. I do it because I'm going to do this. That's why pastors are so, a lot of pastors are just jacked up. They serve and do what they do, so what they get from it. You see what I'm saying? Like, what? That is such a weird, small, power control feeling. You do what you do because God called you to do it, and you want to serve him and be faithful to it. You've heard me say it time and time again to you. If there's one in the room you preach to them like they're 500. If there's 500 in the room, you preach to them like they're one. It's because God called you to serve him. In your homes, you're called to do the same. He entrusted you. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them with by your own good example. Be the example in your home and in the church, in the community. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders and all of you serve each other in humility for God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So humble yourselves. He's talking to young men here. Humble yourselves. What does that word humble mean? In this sense, it means to submit. That's the word, to submit, submitting to a higher authority. It's you're taking a step back and you're saying what Lot should have said to Abraham. I've said this and I've talked to younger leaders about it and I've talked to Lisa about it. I'm all for championing the next generation. I want to see the movement, but there seems to be a pride in some part of the next generation where they don't feel that they need the older people anymore, the older elders in the church, those with experience. They just, you know what, they got it all together because the Holy Spirit's going to give it. But listen, I got special words for you. Listen and listen close. In His Word, He will never sway from His Word. And in His Word, He's telling you that the Holy Spirit will move through the older generation to you. Submit to them and listen to what they say because you too will one day be in this. And if you never knew how to submit to the elder, you will become a tyrant as a leader because you, the only way you'll get them to follow is to put your thumb on them. But a person who can submit to somebody, even when it's painful, knows the right way to lead and the wrong way to lead. I have served under some hard people. And I get questions like, how do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you allow that? Because God called me to do it. And sometimes you just have to bite the bullet. So that when you're in a position of leadership, you know what not to do. Because some of the greatest leadership lessons I've ever had, and I shared this recently with Lisa, Some of the greatest leadership lessons you've ever had are by the wrongs done to you. Not because I served with a great leader. It's because I had to figure out stuff. And some of the greatest leadership lessons I've ever had are my failures in not submitting. (laughs) Not submitting. Young people, listen to me, young leaders. This is important. They're not, it's not the elder's job to thumb you to force you but to guide you you should be seeking their wisdom always hey what do we do in this situation what do we do and sometimes those leaders are going to look at you and go well, i don't know because they're leaving it they're now listen to this they're entrusting you at this moment to move they're not abandoning you they're entrusting you to lead Watch what he says here. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Don't seek the honor too soon. Don't seek it too soon. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert and watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him, and he, be strong in your faith remember that you that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are this is to us fathers so leaders here is a close we are we are supposed to be aware of the devil not worshiping him I. My lion, my lion, the one I bow to, that word bow is to believe, obey, and worship, is Jesus of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And his roar is silencing. And it's so funny that Peter uses the analogy of the devil being like a roaring lion. He's moving around and seeking him because he's fake. He's trying to be like Jesus. And I believe that part of this devouring he goes for the weak. And I want you to catch this because he's talking here to the church. And I wonder this, I just proposed to you that he's masquerading as the occult or false religion or religions that seek power that draw and ambush and devour people. Think about it. Just look at the context of Peter. That I wonder. If this, he prowls around like a roaring lion, pretending to be the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he's false because he does not have the roar of the great king. You see what I'm saying? And what do they do? They pick off the weak. Lions, they pick off those who are alone. That's who they do. And so part of it, I, as I read this, I'm like, I'm not saying it's everything, but we as fathers and men have to be aware. What are your children listening to? What are they watching? What is your wife watching? What is your wife reading? You're not a tyrant, but I want to know. I want to know. I want to be able to say, well, that's crap. I don't know. know. You're controlling. What kind of husband are you? The kind that loves my wife? The kind that will die for her? The kind that. That's the kind I am that wants to create an environment where she can travel the world and do whatever she wants to do. That's what I want to know. So I want to know what she's against. or I'm sorry, what's against her? That's a loving father. That's a loving husband. It's to us fathers, listen, that enemy, the devil is real. and he hates your guts. He hates you and your children with a passion. He hates you to the depth of who he is. And he is out here. But I propose and I tell you the truth. The lion of the tribe of Judah is and has devoured him. So for us as men, I want to close today with that leadership of hitting it. Be the leader of your home. Lead. Lead in the love of Christ, willing to steward your gifts well, protecting your family against the that lion, protecting them. But it starts in your home first. It starts in your home. It starts in how you care. It's, it's, that's how it starts. And I'll close it out right here because it's beautiful. So he says this in kindness... God called you to share his eternal glory by means of, of Christ Jesus. Such a blessing. He, listen, he called you. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you, and he will place you in a firm foundation, all power to him forever. Amen. And Paul finishes out, Peter finishes out this. I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. In this end time, stand firm. Your sister church here in Babylon sends your greetings. So does my son Mark. Greet each other with Christian love. Peace be with you all who are in Christ. Listen to me. Peace be to you all who are in Christ. I love how the passages end, and I'll end with this. Peace to you who are in Christ, because without Christ, you will never have peace. And it is a fake blessing on somebody to say peace to you, brother, when they don't know who Jesus Christ is. It's hypocrisy. So peace to you who are in Christ. We love you here. Fathers, blessings to you. I'm going to close with a special prayer now over you fathers and get you guys out and about to go have fun with your family. And then know when that stuff gets here, yeah, we'll track you down somehow. Oh, Jack came late. Huh? Oh, you did? Oh. (coughs) Man, you're lucky Woody is a man of grace. Gracious Father, Lord, I pray a blessing over these men. Lord, you've called them to not only be elders in the church, but leaders of their home. May your blessings be upon them. Give them wisdom and courage. Lord, give them strength. We celebrate them. I celebrate everyone here, Lord. I celebrate the mothers who are raising children alone. I pray that you give them your grace and your strength, that you be the father to those children. Lord, we love you. I'm grateful and grateful for you, for you all be the power and glory forever and ever to you, Jesus Christ. Amen. Enjoy your week out from the jungle. See you next time.